You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, and welcome to MLB.com Extras. We're going to be talking Atlanta Braves. I'm Matthew Leach, uh, joined by MLB.com's Braves beat reporter, Mark Bowman. Uh, Mark, about this time last year, maybe earlier last year, um, it seemed like there was a lot of talk that maybe Alex Wood's future was in the bullpen that for whatever reason, his delivery or his repertoire or whatever, um, that you know maybe they get some starts out of him now, but in the long run, that probably wasn't where he would end up. Um, after his latest, and not just one, but the latest of many really outstanding starts, um, safe to say we can put that notion to rest? I think for now. You know, I think barring any type of injury, his, his uh, future is as a starter. Uh, you know, he, and I think... The, the, the talk about starter versus reliever really uh, was fueled during spring training, uh, leading into the 2013 season. That's the first time, you know, most people got a chance to see this odd delivery. Um, and, and you're saying, well, you know, if you if you subject him to the innings of a starter, you're, you're going to increase the chance of him getting hurt, and you know this and that. Well, you know, if you, if you really break down the mechanics. They're odd, just like Chris Dale, and that's the guy that he gets compared to uh, from a mechanical standpoint most often. But, you know, when he gets to his uh, the key points, you know, when it, when his landing leg, his front leg lands, his arm's in the right place. And, um, you know, I, I think that the Braves did a lot of study with that and said, look, I don't think he's going to get hurt. And they, they took the risk, or, you know, whatever risk there was of using him as a starter, and they're benefiting from that because this guy does have a chance to be a – a legit number two and then possibly an ace in the future. Has he been better than expected just as far as the production? I can't see how anyone could have expected him to be this good this soon. You know, just two years ago, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's leaving the University of Georgia. Uh, and he was a, he was a good pitcher in the SEC. I mean, he was a, I mean, he was effective. Here's a guy who, even if you go back to his first start at Georgia, um, it was on the road at UCLA. Here's he, here he is a redshirt freshman coming off Tommy John surgery. Nobody really knows who he is, but the guy he's matching up with that night, Garrett Cole, everyone's talking about how he's going to be the number one pick a few months later, which he was, and Alex Wood beat him that night there. And uh, they, that just kind of – he opened some eyes there and just continued to do so uh, as he improved his mechanics, uh, continued to be more consistent uh, with his pitches. Um, he – like I said, I don't think anyone could have predicted him to be this good this soon. But Billy Bridges, uh, the, the scout who, who kept an eye on him there in Athens and, and throughout the uh, SEC trail, uh, he the day that they drafted him, he said that they had something special. You know, they got him as a second rounder, and he said this guy's a this is a first round arm that, that has a chance to to do some special things at the big league, big league level. He had a really interesting path this year with that mid season trip to the pen to, to kind of keep his his workload down. With the way that has worked out, is that maybe a model going forward as, as everybody tries to figure out how do you manage young starters, how do you keep them healthy, how do you keep them fresh? Is that that method potentially a model for, for future Braves pitchers and maybe even, maybe even other organizations? Yeah, I, I think it's, uh, the debate with that would be, I mean, obviously you've got to find a way if you're going into a season to limit innings, you're looking, you know, we'll just use his innings limit uh, or the – projection they wanted 170 to 180 innings if you go into a season like that you can start them off 
at the beginning of the season, put them in the rotation, um, and then take them out like they did with Alex in, in May for it ended up being six or seven weeks, and then bring them back. The, the argument against that would be, you know, not everyone's going to make that transition. Maybe it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a real smooth transition for Alex either. I mean, he had a couple bumps in the road there right after he came back to the rotation. In other words. You go from starter to reliever and back to starter. That's not really all that easy. Is it better off? I, I, I don't know if anyone would ever go with the model of, okay, well, we're not going to even have him make his first start until May. You know, In other words, just take off April. I, there, there may be an argument for, for that instead, instead of making, subjecting the arm to that, the workload of a starter than reliever than starter. But at the same time, if you do that, you know, you're, you're making assumptions. I mean, those, those are games that you, you know that he can impact um, early in the season. Um, it, it, there would be two different two different schools of thought there. Um, and, and my thinking is you better go ahead and start, start him in the rotation game of the season because you don't know whatever, how everyone else is going to fare. What if you had even more injuries this year and you didn't have a choice to even take him out of the rotation? You've got to win those games when you have a chance and, and then make you get to a point where you do have to take them out of the rotation in September, uh, like the Nat- Nationals did with Strasburg. But I think more teams are going to try to do what the Braves did, find a point, whether it's at the very beginning of the season, somewhere in the middle, to take these kids out, give them a little break, and then put them on uh, back in line for that uh, innings projection that you said at the beginning of the year. How, how did they come up with that specific plan? Because, again, it, it's, it is really – unusual as all these ways we've tried to go about this this one is different for sure yeah yeah this was uh, you know I, I think in some ways um uh, you know i don't know if they had a, a set date uh coming into this season when they were going to do it and the reason i say that is you had medlin and beachy go down to spring training that changed some things so then you had santana starting a little late you had gavin floyd and Mike Meyer starting at the beginning of May. And I think, you know, if, if you would have asked them on April 1st, when is Alex Wood going to be shut down? They would not have said May 4th or May 5th. They may have had that in mind somewhere in that area. But, it's a, you know, with so many different moving pieces at that point in time, uh, you know, so many different variables with, with Floyd and Meyer, especially not knowing exactly when they would be back, you know, they just had to kind of, uh, you know, go ahead and, and stay flexible. And the other part of that equation that, that Alex uh, influence was once he once he exited April, you know, he had such a good April. He's going seven, eight innings every start. He was on pace to go 220, 230 innings <laughs> leaving April. So he, he may have even accelerated uh, the stopping point a little bit himself just with the success that he had in that first month. Now, as as Wood has been on the rise here lately, and I don't want to make too much of it, but the Braves are in a place where where you know every little bit matters, and their margin is pretty fine. Um, Julio Tehran has been a little less effective in the second half. You know, since the break, he's looking at uh, an ERA in three and a half, which isn't bad, but again, isn't what they they were looking for. I think maybe a little more concerning. You know, last four starts. Um, 11 strikeouts, nine walks in 25 innings. Those are those are kind of disconcerting ratios, even as the ERA has been back down. What do you see from him uh, these last several weeks? Yeah, I, I see a guy who, you know, at times he's the same 
uh, dominant guy that we saw uh, throughout most, much of the first half. But I'll go back to yesterday, and it was a hot, humid day. Uh, but, you know, and, and I really think fatigue played a factor. He's got bases loaded. He's got a one-two count against Ben Revere. And the slider that he has buried, you know, and, and dominated guys against, you know, all year long, he hangs it, and Ben Revere sends it over uh, Jason Hayward's head. And, and, you know, everything about that, you know, you, you know, you wouldn't have predicted uh, happening. Um, so I, I just see a guy who is, is showing some signs of fatigue. Um, and I think if, you know, unfortunately last last year and maybe even a year before, uh, the Braves had some opportunities to, to take advantage of off days and, and give some of their young pitchers uh, some rest down the stretch. I, that's not going to happen this year. They're in the in the heart of this, this pennant race. Um, you know, they're going to – they certainly aren't going to skip anyone the rest of the way here. In other words, we got uh, the Braves have an off day on Thursday. You're not going to see them come back and say, well, we're going to bring Jerome back on five days rest. They're going to take advantage of any off day they have. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, the one thing I, I see is a guy whose slider is, has not been as crisp, especially later in the game. Uh, and, and he's, you know, if you looked at it yesterday, he allowed three hits the first six innings he was cruising and you know that seventh inning just kind of got away from him and a little bit you know he had the intentional walk uh to to Cody Ashy to and then they then he walked Grady Sizemore to load the bases and, and Sizemore was pinch hitting for for Hamels um you know that that's the one guy you got to, he had two guys that he could have gotten out of there you would have you know expected him to get out of that inning clean um earlier in this season by, by either retiring side or, or Revere, and he didn't get it done yesterday. One last thing before I let you go. I, I was looking, and, and Evan Gaddis, when he came off the DL, had this nice little burst, and it was very encouraging. But since those first few games, uh, he has not been very good lately. Uh, he has not been hitting the way that this team saw him hit earlier in the year. It really needs him to hit. Is he hindered at all? Do you think there's anything going on there physically? Is it – just a slump. What, when you see Gaddis, why do you think it is that that he's not hitting like he was earlier in the year? You know, I, I think the first thing you have to ask is, whenever anybody has a back injury, are you hindered? And, and I have asked, and he says he's fine. You know, and I have not seen the production. I am not not surprised because, like I said, when you have a back injury, they, they seem to linger and and weaken you in different ways uh, throughout the rest of the year. The other thing, the other component that, that's weighing against Gaddis is. Six foot four, two hundred and fifty pounds, playing the catcher's position on a regular basis. I, I just think he's worn down, and this goes back to, you know, would, would should they have pulled the trigger and tried to make a deal for him before the trade deadline? Maybe in hindsight, it, it's easy to say, you know, if hindsight twenty twenty, which is always always is, it's uh, it's easy to say right now, but I, I think this heightens, you know, the reason or, or highlights why. You would trade Gaddis during the offseason. Here's a guy who has tremendous power. Um, you know, you have to question whether he's going to be durable enough to handle the catching position and provide that power uh, to over the course of an entire season. And, and, and no, I think that if you sent him, dangled him to an American League team and, and gave them the opportunity to use him as a DH uh, frequently, put him behind the plate here and there, uh, I, I think he's going to, he might get some value in return for him. So I, you know, I do do expect them to be shopped this offseason. The question is, you know, 
how much will this these late season struggles influence what his value is, you know, during this off season. All right. All right. Well, Mark Bowman, thanks for taking some time to chat. Everybody, thanks for listening. This is MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach. Catch all of the second half action on MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service. Watch every out-of-market game streamed live online or on the go in true HD. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 14 subscription, allowing you to watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.